the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And that's why I wish that I were on uh, Sirius FM. You know, I was on Sirius because I could say things like that. Right. Can't say that now. Okay, I'm. I just I just flipped my good boy switch on. Well, what What was it that the cra- the class said? Is you can't say crap on the radio. <laughs> you, yeah, I. You can say that word now. <laughs> you know, back then you could. You can't now. Anyway. Anyway. I get up in the morning, just so you'll know. I wake up in the morning. And, hey, by the way, thanks to uh, to my buddy, Nick Horton, for filling in for me yesterday. It was awful nice of him to do that. And let me say thank you to Heidi, because the Thursday show and the Friday show, she put it. She took my shows, but she's the one who put, them to, put it together and did the Thursday and Friday. And she made totally different shows for both days. Thank you. All right. I appreciate you, Heidi. So did you have Heidi in here working on Thanksgiving Day? No. She, she, see, that's what's good now. That's one of the good things about having computers. You can put, them to, put all these shows together and then play them. You know, we, yeah. we, we, oh, we record everything on this right. show, except when we're not on the air. Thank God we don't record that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, we record that. We record all of it, and then we play it. And we can play it back if we want to. And on the holidays, that's when you get it. Uh, I didn't get to hear Jerry Stewart's special. Was it good, Heidi? Did you get to hear some of it? Okay, good. Yeah, he does really good specials. He does a good job. Um, I'm hoping to see Salem because they're, they're growing on that end, the news end. Uh, I hear uh, their newscasts now on a lot of other stations across the United States, and that's cool. Uh, we had them first, though, just so everybody knows. Um, and I, th- look, Salem, let me talk about my company just for one second, guys, is the most conservative uh, broadcasting outfit in the United States, bar none. Bar none. You learn if you dig in a little bit and you look at the big boys like iHeart, yeah. or you look like you look at Cumulus, or you look you look at some of the other groups that are out there. And there's a lot of different uh, big broadcasting companies. They're not even close to being where uh, Salem is. Salem not only does radio, but anybody who you see that is with Town Hall. Right. That's Salem. Hmm. Salem owns Town Hall. Salem owns Hot Air. Salem owns countless different, you know, uh, um, stuff on the Internet. So, you, And you're going to get a decided uh, 
conservative viewpoint for them. And we've only gotten really out there on the on the front lines as far as people knowing who we are in the last couple of years. And it has made a big bullseye on Salem. It really has. So um, if you if you if suddenly you turn on your radio one day uh, and we're, none of us are on the air, it probably means that the FCC is you know FCC has cut us off. I'm just, just saying, just saying. It could happen. You won't you won't see them mention us on uh, some of the other social medias. And man, I can tell you this much. When I and we'll be getting we'll be getting in the in the new year getting back to broadcasting on Facebook again, uh, but they will cut us off at the slightest instance. They'll cut my show off. They'll black it out. So just just know that as as well. We we do make a difference, and you listening makes a makes a difference in in uh, taking part of in this show. All right, 10 after 6 on a uh, Tuesday. I took yesterday off. Our, one of the other things that um, Salem does is they give us two floating holidays, two days off uh, that we can pick to take. And But it has to be taken in uh, with a, uh, a holiday like Christmas or Fourth of July or something like that. I usually take one day at Fourth um, of July, and I take one during the time for uh, Thanksgiving, both American holidays. And uh, that's when I take my days off then. And so yesterday was one of my floating holidays. So you have a recovery day? No, nah, it's not really recovery. You know, I, I kind of like that five-day work uh you know, holiday, and have Thursday for Thanksgiving, day after Thanksgiving, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. Right. Then I come back on uh, Tuesday, and I'm fully recovered again and ready to do the rest of the the new year because it's going to be. I'm just warning you right now; it's going to be a crazy last couple of months because the lame duck session now Congress is in. Tomorrow we'll have both the congressmen on. You want to listen to that? They'll be talking about. What the um, the republic or what the Democrats are thinking about doing because they're going out of power as of January first, and let me warn you that one of the things that Biden wants is an assault weapons right. ban. Yes, he's already talking about it and pushing it. I saw a couple of Democrats come out, and for him to get that through, he's going to like have to have every Democrat vote to get it across to, to the to the Senate, and this is where that. That fifty-one forty-nine thing comes up yeah. that we talk about all the time. Although, I will tell you this: that if it's still fifty-fifty with the vice president voting, if the House can get something through, excuse me, get something through, they can get uh, perhaps the Repub- or the Democrats. Boy, get it straight on the parties here. Uh, get them uh, to go along with him, which I think would be a really big mistake with him looking to run again um i mean look we go i don't back. think he's going to make it to run again yeah I mean, he might not we can go back to 2000 when al gore ran or 1999 whatever it was and bottom line know that if you get on the bad side of americans about guns it can cost you an election you might still be close but you probably won't get in and he didn't you know, Bush, Bush, the junior, 
was that's how I refer to him. Junior. Bush the junior, and then you had Bush the senior. <laughs> Wasn't that all hanging Chad's fault, though? Well, it was, that was making it was the way they made it close, you know. However, however, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people who don't go vote in this country. I still don't understand it. They think their votes don't count. All you got to do is look around the United States, and you can see your vote counts. Yeah, you and know? how close some of these elections. You better are. believe it. I mean, well, take a look at there's a state state uh, um, house member right now that. Uh, we don't know whether he's going to be a House member or he's not. He is trailing, I think, by only eight votes in his election. Hmm. And they've done the, the recount, and I think it's eight votes. He may lose by eight votes. So if you felt like you didn't need to go, I can find eight people in a district yeah. right, that didn't show up. And you cost us a seat in the House. Now, well, we got a supermajority yeah. here in the state, but still, just trying to get everybody to think a little bit. I think pushing that red wave made people stay home. I think it did. I, I agree. And what did I always say? Yeah, we should kick their butt. But you got to go out and vote. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen. You got to go. Happens. It doesn't happen if you don't go and vote. It wasn't a wave, Simone, as it was a tsunami. Yeah, yeah. the red tsunami. Yeah. It should have been. I'm going to be honest. It should have yes. been. It should have been. I can't believe there's that many dumb people in the United States. I, I refuse to, to think that there's that many stupid people uh, here in, in the United States that they would vote for themselves more inflation, more high gas prices, more high food prices. I can tell you if that's what's happened, then it's a terrible, terrible change. Well, and I think we also we had a combination of like the mail-in ballots, the ballot harvesting, the we can't get an election day, we have an election week. I yeah. mean, I think that a ain't going to change. That, That's got the only way that changes is for the states to do what is right, right. and and that's why I, I I point this out when I talk about this. Former President Trump was wrong in his speech just a few weeks ago when he says, I'll bring back the paper ballot, I'll bring back the election day, I'll bring back this, and I'll bring back that. He can't bring any of that back. Right. He has no say in any of that. The say in that is by the states. Now, he could have an effect if he could get enough of his own candidates that he backs to, uh, to be elected. Right. That's fine. But if you can't, and, uh, you know, the left controls a few states. That's all they got to control. Yeah, and the way to 217 has to go through secretaries of state. I mean, and that's why, you know, every every position counts that we're voting on. That's a, that's why all that's why he got all those constitutional offices. Yeah. They play a very serious part in the states. And that's why I don't understand you nitwits out there that think that abortion in the United States is illegal. No, it's not. No. No, it's not. Are you that stupid? I mean, I'm sorry to use that word. My wife yells at me when I say that word. But I'm just telling you, there are people out there that are stupid. They think that that it is illegal to get an abortion in the United States. No, it's not. Yeah, just because of what the Supreme Court said. So, yeah. Simone and I have some good friends that we have that argument all the time about it, and they are 100% convinced that it's illegal. No. Yeah. No, right. it's Ill- and it, they live it, in it, Philly. It, 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 it's totally not illegal. No, there. if it's right. Pennsylvania, it's legal there. Yeah, so you can go on. Did you have you gone past an abortion clinic that the, the, they got you know boards over the windows or yeah. butcher paper or They're something? Thriving. No, no. It's because 
We are a nation of states, and we don't want a complete centralized government. See, that's the thing. If if you think that that's the case, that it's that it's illegal across the United States, then you're one of those people who believes in a centralized government. God forgive you for thinking that. Well, it's a miseducation. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of it's non-education. Ignorance or is no excuse. No, because it's all all the information is out there for you to to find out the truth. As long as you want to, you you'll sit down and read the if truth. You choose That's to it. pursue it. Yeah, yeah, will you read the truth? In will this, you read the founding documents? Will you read the you know the the Dobbs decision? In this day of information, is you've got a computer in your hand that will tell you everything under the sun. Is if you are ignorant of facts, then it's your own fault. Yeah, don't you know, don't believe. Make sure you go to credible, credible sites, all right? You can go to any site that you want to that will only give you the news from the direction you want it. you got to read all the news. you got to read it all. Then you gotta, you got to vet it. you got to figure out who's telling you the truth or who's telling you some of the truth, but maybe not all of the truth. Right. There's a lot of that out there. Oh, yeah. And mean, that's for you to do. It's not for... Twitter to do, and it's not for Instagram to do, or anything. I mean, Instagram will cancel you now if you're wearing, uh, you know, Trump pajamas or something. Right. You know, they'll, tr- they'll, they'll take you right off. Trust me, after 51 Facebook profiles, I know what Yeah, not to it's post. crazy. It, yeah. It's really crazy. So we're going to talk about freedom of speech this morning because there's a lot out about that. You've probably been reading about Elon Musk and what he's doing. Uh I want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse today. Uh, He's got a Twitter account, but he can't talk about certain things. And I'm going to talk about what he said on his Twitter account, but more so I'm going to talk about what people said back to him about what he said. And I'll really give you a view of how the left thinks. I mean, seriously. I talk about this all the time. I always talk about semantics, how the left changes the meaning of things. Wait till you hear about this one. It's amazing how they change uh, change things up on Kyle Rittenhouse. So I'll, I'll tell you that when we get back. It's 20 minutes after 6. Talk to you about Pat Davis and what Pat Davis wants to do for you. Still time for you to get some uh, uh health care coverage you know you want to get yourself some insurance out there get some good health insurance you can do that with pat davis uh pat davis has your health plan man coverage out there it's a really powerful team made up of himself his son his son-in-law and a whole lot of other people that have uh, put together a company that custom builds health plans with what's important to you what do i mean by that simple let's say you you're a single guy. You're uh, 23 years old. You just got out of college. You're going out to get a job. You just want enough coverage to, you know, if something bad happens, you got some coverage. Well, they can do that for you. They won't work in maternity care for you. Uh, and and I'm not even going to get into that. Well, what if he's a guy and he and he identifies as a woman? He still can't have a guy a kid. I'm just uh, that doesn't change it. You just because you say you're a girl, don't make you a girl. But anyway, or a woman. The bottom line is that uh, if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. Have what you want in your plan, so you pay for what you're going to need and what you're going to use. Private health plans that pay you. To go to the doctor, 
when do you hear any of the big insurance companies say, hey, we'll pay you to go to the doctor? You'll not hear that. Uh, you can with these uh, plans that Pat has for you. And they're available all year round. There's no middleman out there to rob you of your money. You'll get the money come back. Let's say, let's say you go see the doctor. Uh, number one, you, no copay. You don't have to pay a copay to get in to see the doctor. Uh, let's say that they say you got to go in and have a surgery. Okay, well, there's always something that the insurance companies put up so they'll make a little bit of money, but they can keep you from getting raped, all right? They can keep you from uh, from being, uh, you know, taken advantage of. So get with your health plan man and uh, get a chance to see how they can help you and how they help hundreds of other people uh, stop getting ripped off by the health care system. So call or text them at 501-605-6935. That's right. You don't have to talk to them. You can just text them and wait for them to text you back. Again, 501-605-6935. Or if you want to read a little bit more in depth, go to the website, Your Health Plan Man. It's one word, yourhealthplanman.com back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got about 20, uh, 26 minutes after uh, uh, 6 o'clock. Yeah, that's what time it is. <laughs> anyway, good to have you along with us. I'm trying to find the um, text from Rittenhouse today, but here's what he was saying. He was saying, hey, look, I, I don't understand why Twitter still has or did have all the problems they did with me. I was innocent. Right? But did and, and I talk about this. They'll tell you I talk about this. Do I not talk about this, Eric, how the left changes the meanings of things? Yes. Okay. Morning. So here's what they were doing. They were writing to Kyle. The uh, the, the, the trolls out there were, were hitting them. And they were saying, uh, you're not innocent. You're just not guilty. <laughs> you did kill people. But you're you're still a murderer. But they, you're just. But because a judge ruled in this young man's favor, that he's not guilty. As though being found not guilty doesn't mean that you're innocent of the crime. Because that's exactly what we're saying if we find you not guilty. And did they mention uh, that the three fine young gentlemen that he fired on killing one were such great individuals? Oh, of course not. They're not going to bring any facts up. It's the left. Okay, the the left never wants to deal with facts. I had this discussion Sunday with some friends as we were leaving uh, from having uh, an early dinner uh, at Chewy's. I won't tell you which side we went to. We went to one of the sides, just so you know. There's only two Chewies in town. You pick which one you think I eat at. But anyway, uh, I just want everybody to know that they always, this is part of the left's way of doing things. They change what things are to mean what they want it to mean. And then they'll say it enough that you'll say it. Well, it's Somewhere equity down. and equality. That's the biggest one they've been. Yeah, what, what's the difference, right? Right, and there is a big difference. There's equity of outcome and equality of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I I agree. 
you know. But they don't talk about it that way. But they push it as the same word. Yeah, they don't talk about it that way. And Mr. Rosenbaum was probably just a a Nambula member, as you know, so he was all right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was, what's his name? Uh, That was a Nambula member. That would have been the guy that had the little island that he took everybody to. Boy, those people are shaking in their boots that are on the manifest. It makes me wonder why. Where his, I mean, his plane. It just makes you wonder why more of that hasn't came out unless it's not going to. Because the left is trying to change the the meaning the of pedophile. Right. Yeah, before it comes out. I've said that. I have talked about this for years mm-hmm. to people and what they're trying to do as far as the whole thing about pedophilia goes. And I'll talk about it after we got to get to the news. I have a hard break, as they say in the biz, that i got to get to. And then when we come back, I'm going to tell you, they don't call them, you know, pedophiles now. They, they, they want to call them something different. And I'll tell you what the left calls them, which means that what they've done is not as bad as what you think that they've done. That's right. Yeah, you got to keep that in mind. All right, so let's get to the news. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The difference on the left when they, they when they say pedophile, what they're really thinking, we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about what uh, what is true and what is false. That's coming up as well. Good to have you back with Let me remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is more than just roofing now. I want to... I'm trying to ingrain this with you because for over 20 years I've been talking about how great they are as a roofing company. Well, now they're PI Roofing Home Solutions, which means if you have other work that you need done around your house, for instance, construction, minor construction, I won't, you know, they're not they're not going to add on a, a whole side to your home or anything like that. But if you need your deck fixed, if if maybe you need some concrete laid uh, out uh, on your driveway or something like that, they can do all those uh, jobs that the big construction companies, they say they're too small to do. Uh, and so there, that's where PI Roofing and Home Solutions comes in. You call PI Roofing, talk to them about Home Solutions, and say, I, I need my deck fixed I did this a couple of weeks ago with them and i know that coming up in uh, probably february i'll be getting them out to my house and getting them working on my deck and and getting some things fixed deck's been out there for 13 years so it's starting to show some no it's not tr- it's not starting to show it's really showing where so i'm going to have them come out and, and do some work for me and uh, they do a great job I'm sure they're going to do a fantastic job because I know what they've done working on my roof twice, and it's been spectacular. And all the people I've talked to that have had roof work done, whether it's residential or it's a, you know, a, a, a business, uh, they've done a great job uh, with PI roofing. So I expect nothing less than that for construction. So to get hold of them, do the same thing you do with PI Roofing. Call them at 501-707-3115, or you can go online to piroofing.com. And Joel and his people do a real good job for you. They have for me. I, uh, I call the same number as you, so they will take good care of you. All right. So you're not a pedophile. I'm going to tell you, you'll know that you're really talking to a lefty. If when you say pedophile, they look at you and they say, that's just being ugly. 
these are just minor attractive people. Right. They're, I'm not. That's a true. It's a, it's a true acronym. statement. I'm not making this up. It's the truth. They'll say, "Oh, you're talking about minor attractive women," and I say, "No, I'm talking about pedophiles." All right, we're talking about people that have sex with children. Yeah, they don't we're talking, want to bring up We're the talking ugliness. about Lamba, you know. Nambla. Yeah. Nambla. Nambla, Nambla. Yeah, men, men, and children. Yeah. Love and boys group. Love. Men yeah. love association. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> North Any, American. Anyway, we want. I, mean, I don't want to. Don't even get me started on that. Anyway. They they want you to know that because see that goes along with their philosophy. I always say you got to follow your philosophy out to its logical conclusion. This is something that a lot of Christian philosophers have said, and a lot of people don't want to do it. And if you're a Christian, you should be thinking this as well. Uh, bottom line is, you know, if you say it's all right um, that. Uh, Somebody, you're, you're, let's say you got a son, and uh, he's living with a girl, you know? Well, that girl is somebody's daughter, right. all right? Now, would you allow your, or would you feel all right with your daughter moving in with her boyfriend? And if you wouldn't, but you don't say anything to your daughter? Dude, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. I had to go through this with with my own daughter. My own daughter moved in with her boyfriend, and I wouldn't go to their house. I I would not go to their house. I thought what they were doing was wrong, and I still think it's wrong. And, uh, oh, Dad, you're just so old-fashioned. I said, well, get used to it. (laughs) I've raised you. You should know this by now. And, um, you know, he came up to me one day. He says, I can't believe you feel this way. And, and wouldn't come over to our house. I said, let me ask you a question. He goes, yeah. I said, you intend to stay married to my to my daughter for quite some time? Yeah. Are you guys talking about having children? Yeah. You you care if it's a boy or a girl? Well, I'd like to have a boy, but I'm girl's fine. I'll love her just as well as I love a boy. And I will, I'm glad. What if there's some guy out there that says he loves your daughter when she gets a little older, but he wants her to move in with him? Doesn't want to get married to her. Wants to just move in. Come on, sweetheart. Just move on in. You have any problem with it? He says, yeah, I probably have some problem with it. I say, you know, with my daughter, silence. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's carrying out your your philosophy to its logical conclusion. You can't say it's okay in one instance and say it's not okay in all instances. And uh, that's the way we tried to run our family. I, I tried to run it on a logical basis, not on a hypocrisy basis. Well, you have to be true to yourself, if, especially with your kids. If you're going to raise your children a certain way, you have to follow through. Well, it's the same way for people who are in the church and they say, well, you know, I understand that, uh, uh, you know, homosexuality, the Bible speaks out against it, but, uh, you know, they're practicing homosexual. I understand that, and they can be part of my body, the body of Christ. Well, I'll let them visit, but I won't let them be a member. Hmm. Bible's real clear about that. Very clear. You know, 
Well, I, think, I think morality is what it all comes down to, is in at some point in time when someone decides that, hey, is it's only an intention. They're not going to do that, but their intention is to do irrevocable harm to a child. Then That's something, what a pedophile does. That yeah. is something that is very wrong and that there's no, no getting around, even if they don't follow through. It's just having that intention and thinking that it is okay if something is wrong with that individual. Yeah, well, there's, there's, uh, that's not to say that there's not something going on in everybody's life. That's not, not correct. That's what uh, you know. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about, and uh, and 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 working on the inside and and changing your perspectives on things. But uh, if you know something is absolutely wrong and you don't stand against it, you're just perpetuating it. The problem is people don't get their attention drawn to it until we're playing catch up. I, like, oh yeah, all this stuff has been uh, you know groomed. We, we our children have been groomed and sexualized for. For generations at this point, not generations, but okay. I, I want to jump off of just what you're yeah. saying there, and that let me let me just. I can tell you, two thirds of the clothing sold by Walmart for little kids, I would never let my little girls wear. No. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it. Would not, not at all. Would not. I can buy stuff. In you know the when they're showing section. their little frilly panties yeah. and they show them. No. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. And it's not because I'm afraid it's going to trigger somebody. That's not the reason. That's making them so much older than what they really are, and they're so innocent, and they don't have a clue right. about what you're letting them do. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's like the pageant children. Oh, don't, even, don't even get me started. <laughs> it was a, a good story about my daughter, about six or seven years old she was, and we came... She wanted to go swimming, but we did not have a bathing suit for her. As in, a cousin brought out a bathing suit, and my daughter came walking out of the room looking at me as and hid behind me. As I was like, what, you don't want to go swimming? And she's like, no. His, uh, and then she, she's like, uh, she, she told me what they wanted her to put on, as and she just wouldn't do it. She's okay. like, no, I'm not wearing that. It was a two-piece, you know, bikini. Yeah. As in, at six or seven years old, as, yeah, my daughter is, she just... Yeah, She's I'm, still shy. Yeah, and, I'm not having know? that. And there's a reason for her being shy, because she knows even Dad wouldn't have liked <laughs> no. that. All right? And I'm, I'm thankful yeah. for fathers like you. I really am. But they're following, they are following their philosophy to its logical conclusion how many years did you hear well they're just born that way how many how many how 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 often did you hear that about gay people all right they're just born that way okay so they're born that way even though they look for a gay gene a lot of you don't even know about this they did study upon study about study because they knew if they could find a gay gene right. they would be able to say they were just born that way and have dress. science back them up yeah. now it don't matter if science backs them up it's just it is because we say it is but the bottom line is is that they never found that so the truth of they were born that way is not true at all it isn't it's probably a lot more with nurture that has anything to do with nature. nature. So the bottom line was that uh, what they have done now, and I've said this for a long time, if you'll let them get by with that, then they'll say the same thing about pedophilia. They're just born that way. They're just born that way. They're born with a 
predilection of wanting to be with little children. And if you have bought into the lie that it's, they were born that way, you'll have no answer for they're Because it born takes away that their way. fault. That's the, well, yeah. It, may, yeah. it just says, you know, how, how are they supposed to live their lives then? They were born right. that way. So we've got to overlook. They can't help themselves. That's BS. And in, in a lot of cases, those are individuals that had, have had the same thing happen to them as a child. Is And when it comes down to it, is that's what they don't get is that doing something that to a child or rape or any of that kind of stuff is a form of psychological murder. Is And you're destroying someone for the rest of their lives. Let me lives. tell you what. I, I, have, uh, I have two daughters and I had uh, two sons that have been sexually abused from, by people outside our family. And it is the worst thing that can happen to a child. Just telling you. I hope you never have to walk through it. Because I went through all of the the therapy sessions with all four of those kids. And my daughter, who just died a year before last from that deep uh, deep vein thrombosis, would call me in the middle of the night sometimes and said, Dad, I got problems. And she'd be in tears. And I said, what's wrong? And he, she, she said, we were being intimate together, and I saw, I saw, the, I, I saw my ex-father's face. Even smells can trigger yeah, well, trauma. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, anything like that can trigger And it did. Tra- and trauma. it did. And, and the therapist would give them ways of dealing with that and how to move by that. But I'm just telling you, that happened to her when she was like six years old, and she was calling me, and she was in her early 30s. Yeah, it doesn't go away. No, it does and not. there's no amount of psychology it is, that it can is, take it away yeah, from no, you. No, they just give them ways of dealing Coping. with it. Yeah. And uh, I used to sit up sometimes for hours talking to her, just saying, it wasn't on you. That it's, was on him. You still know. makes the victim feel dirty. Yeah, no, oh, it what. did. Yeah, it did. My that's how my other daughter reacted to it, and, and uh, my wife started wondering what was wrong with her because she started not bathing and and things of that nature, and then we we found out what had happened years before. Yeah, years <clears throat> before. Well, you never know when that is going to be like your that trauma is going to be triggered in your later life. It can happen to you when you're young, and your brain blocks it out, and then it comes out. Yeah, something in clicks. In your it. later yeah. years. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. I mean, it took. You know, that would be my my oldest daughter who lives down in Texas, and uh, man, she and she went through some really tough times, and uh, my wife and I both went through the therapy with them, and we did the same thing with our sons as well. Our next door neighbor was dating one of my daughters so that he could work his way into uh, messing with my sons. Wow. And uh, my and uh, my son came to my wife and said, such and such a person did such and such to me. And she said, who? And she said, uh, this kid. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I came home. Uh, Linda had called me at work and said, you got to come home right now. And I, well, I went home. And I, I know when it's a false alarm and yeah. when it's the real deal. Real. So I got home, and uh, she tells me, 
and uh, I didn't I didn't ask uh, my son to come and talk to me. He had already talked to to Linda, right. and I knew what he was saying was true because it was he was telling me stuff that a kid his age wouldn't have known about. And so I said, okay. And I walked next door, knocked on the door. This guy was a cop, and it was his son. And I said, uh, this guy's, this kid's name was Jason, and I, I just said, you tell Jason, stay away from my house. Don't come er- anywhere near it because I'll kill him. And he goes, well, what's wrong? He goes, I was friends with the guy. And he, he, I told him. And I said, I'm calling the police as soon as I walk back to my house. And he says, well, can't we settle, settle no. this a different way? And no. I looked at him. I said, that you would ask that question tells me our friendship is done. Right. Yeah. And so I went back and called. And there's a little bit more of that story. I won't belabor it. But I'm just telling you, a pedophile is lower than a whale poop at the bottom of the ocean. Yes. All right. If I had my way. As soon as you were found guilty of pedophilia, they'd walk you out behind the courthouse, put a gun to your head, and pull the trigger. Your death would happen immediately. Your victims would go on until the day they die. I've always been a big fan of the stockade downtown. Is put them downtown with a little sign that tells tells you what they've done, isn't allow the people to do what they want for about a week or you know, so. The pilgrims in them had some good ideas. Yeah. You're yeah. right, public shame. Right. Then, then there's nothing wrong with public shame, folks. No. There's, there's not enough of it anymore. No, there is none. There is none. No, there no. Is no shame. You shouldn't be ashamed of anything you do because you were born that way. All right. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up on the Dave Ellswick Show. First hour of the show. There's more coming. It's going to be great <laughs> today on uh, here at 1011 FM, The Answer. Let me tell you about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Had on uh, my buddy Eric the other day, and he was talking about all the new gemstones and everything and why you should go see him. I mean, if you looked at two diamonds, would you be able to tell whether your diamond was a real diamond made by basically the hand of God through pressure over maybe thousands of years or uh, was you know, seeded and made by a, a Chinese scientist? Most of us could not do that just by giving, uh, looking at it with our eye. We couldn't tell it. But I'll tell you who could tell it, and that's somebody like, uh, you know, Eric Coleman. He can tell you whether it's a, a real diamond or a manufactured diamond or it's a real, you know, whatever, you know, jewel or whether it's manufactured. It makes a big difference because if it's the real deal, it goes up in value. If it's not, it stays the same you know, worth the same amount, and then it goes down in value. And so you don't want to just be throwing your money willy-nilly around on, um, you know, fake stuff. So find out if it's the real stuff at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Eric will tell you about it. He'll tell you where it comes from. He'll tell you it's not a cubic zirconian or whatever, that it's it's a real, real uh, uh you know, Jewel. They're located at 3000 Cavanaugh in Sweet E. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. You stop by. Visit with Eric. He can do all of it for you. The repairs, the cleaning, the estate jewelry, telling you how much it's worth, making you something unique. You can do it all at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I forgot to tell you, I, I'm not throwing my voice to sound like I'm a female. That really is Simone that's in the studio with me. Hey. I'm not Jeff Dunham, you know, wannabe. 
who I love. I love. My voice is low. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that he's getting more and more politically incorrect in his shows? <laughs> yes. I mean, he really, really is. I mean, it's it's fun watching. I just watched one of his specials where he, he went all around the world, and and you could see. He made some people very uncomfortable. For instance, he went to Israel and he brought out Amid, the terrorist. <laughs> you know, you know, hey infidel. You know, he's doing. He did the whole thing. You know, and uh, they got they loosened up and they started laughing about it, which is a good thing to do. Yeah. All right. As far as that doesn't mean that you find something not to, you know that there's something right about him doing what he did. It's that. This puppet really did pay for what he did. I mean, he's a skeleton sitting up there talking to you, yeah. basically. But anyway, he did that one, and I forget who it was. I forget which which character it was. It, it was a peanut. That's the one that jumps and acts like he's like uh, like out of control all the time. <laughs> he's like purple or whatever, and he's got that hair stuff sticking. Oh, I, think yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's peanut. All right, and he was he went off on the Arabs, man. <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, it was really funny. And they were laughing. They were just cracking up about what the guy was saying. But in a lot of those jokes that Dunham does, there's so much, so much truth wrapped well, that they're wrapped say, around. The, you know it's true. you got to laugh about it. Yeah. 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 It was I mean, funny. Even when somebody's making fun of you and you know it's true, you got to laugh about it. It's like the jalapeno on a stick. I mean, on a stick. On a stick. Yeah, I love him, man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I love, I love, I love that guy. I think he's great. I wish he would come back. He's been to Little Rock, I think, twice uh, since I've been here, and I, something's come up, and I've not been able to go see him. I'd love to be able to go and see him. Eric, thank you for coming in. Yes, you don't sir. have to do this. You don't have to subject yourself to being. Looked at as an Ellswick, you know, you know, believer. Well, <laughs> a- until I can get Simone a new car, is uh, she is definitely she definitely doesn't want to drive my death machine. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, he's going to be in the next one with Mick Jagger about death machines. <laughs> All right, then uh, Simone, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's always great. a pleasure to have you here. All right, Bible guys are next. Get ready. I sent them an article that set them off. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. time of year again we can i this is the only time i allow christmas music to be played on my show oh, really? it's got to be after thanksgiving okay it has to be because that's that's the holiday season has started to do its thing well we're not going to talk today about why uh, christendom for whatever reason picked up on the 25th of december and all of that we'll do that before we get to christmas but uh, you know, just to let you know, it is the season. Should have started in the fall, but yeah, that's that's another show. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to it. It's Dave Ellswick show. Bible guys are here. It's always good to have them all here at once, and uh, 
You guys don't look like you put on very many pounds. Did you eat a lot? That's why I'm wearing a big shirt. <laughs> uh, I, I I did eat a lot, but I was chasing seven grandchildren, so I ran oh, off. Oh, you ran I, it off, I yeah. Off, yeah. And you should join me when it was 13. Oh, wow. And I was chasing them all. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. It really is crazy. So uh, let's see. So, Steve, you ate a lot, huh? Yeah. What did you eat the most of? Everything? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, it wasn't just Thanksgiving. Um, we were uh, traveling. We saw my wife's family in Texas. And, oh, really? Where in Texas? Um, started off in uh, Amarillo and then down in Lubbock. Amarillo by morning. Uh, Any, anyway. Amarillo, yeah. here I come. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so you, you went over right. towards the Table Rock. Say again? The Table Rock. That that part of the country oh, is that in Texas is the Table Rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes up and then it's yeah. flat. Flat? <laughs> yeah. As flat can be. So <laughs> heading into Arizona and you're driving a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll understand what Linda Ronsat made of what she was saying about how many miles it was to, to come carry. It's a long way when you got nothing but flat in front of you and nothing else was in the flat. It's right. just open area. Yeah. It's got its unique beauty. I think that's one of the things I love about this country. You can almost go anywhere and just all the different landscapes. Yeah. 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 It really is very pretty. Looks I, different. The desert southwest, even the mountains and all of that stuff. That's something that's pretty. People. It's what happens when you claim most of a continent for yourself. You get, you yeah. get lots of variety. Yeah. So. That happens, you know, because uh, Europeans, you know, they only they, their countries are not even as big as many of our states. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're stunned by literally how big this nation really, really mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, a, a friend who is fresh off the boat from England. And I say fresh off the boat. That's 15 Boy. years ago. Mm-hmm. But when he first got here... He was all excited about yeah uh, tomorrow let's uh, let's run up to Memphis and then we're done with that trip we'll run down to Dallas and I was like whoop, 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 stop stop you have you have no idea how big this country actually is <laughs> yeah. then so yeah uh, when we actually started making the drive he very quickly realized oh it's a whole different scale of things over here. <laughs> yes it's a yes, whole it different is. scale yes, so what did you eat the most of I ate I didn't eat a lot I, I do a bunch of the cooking and by the time I've spent two or three days cooking I'm I'm done with food you don't want so, to see it yeah okay. Uh, well, we we uh, I did a I did a uh, spatchcocked turkey this year, um, which was turned out really well. But uh, other than that, it just, uh, that, that what you're talking about that's like that filleted turkey. Right? Yeah, you, you well you you cut the spine out and then uh, fold it out so that it's flat, and as a result, it cooks relatively quickly and uh, it cooks much more evenly. So and you can season it from. Do both people sides call you Hannibal for short? Do people call me Hannibal for short? Yeah, no, you know, Hannibal no. Lecter. No, I, I don't think I've ever been called Hannibal. Why <laughs> would you? I mean, I've been called a lot of things. I don't think Hannibal Lecter is among right, them. Anyway, so. anyway. By the way, this morning as I was driving in, listening to Fox and Friends, and they had a detective on, and he says, "You know, the first time I heard about this thing in Idaho, what I thought of, and they no serial killer." The thing in Idaho, I guess I've missed something. The the the, the four students that were butchered in their house there at the campus. I've in definitely Idaho. missed something. Oh, wow, so how did you miss this? That's I didn't they, hear this. Oh, you haven't heard about it? Oh, yeah, it's been three weeks now. Uh, they were murdered huh. in their house, four of them. I don't know where they've been. It's yeah, like I don't know where they've been either. Well, I, had, I go through been, these phases where I, I, I can pretty easily 
just because of who I am mentally, I can pretty easily if, if I spend too much time. Uh, too many days in a row listening to the news, it, it has a negative effect on my psyche. So well, I have these would, periods would. of time where I am very interested in what's going on in the news in the world, and then times when I just have to unplug and kind of let the world leave me alone for a little yeah. while. So. Anyway, somebody snuck into this house. It had they had uh, there were six kids in it, and this whoever this was, or if it was multiple people, I'm, I I believe it was one person, but multiple people. Could have been. And uh, they killed these four students in the middle of the night, early morning, sometime between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., and killed four of them, but didn't bother the other two. Let them what? sleep, and they woke up and found the other four slaughtered. I mean, wow. the blood ran so much in that house, you could see where it had run out from underneath the Doors. sides of the walls and stuff oh and was running outside of the house. Mm. It was it was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened. They found the person who did it? No. They don't even have any idea who did it. Oh and it's goodness. just real it's just it's kinda creepy as you read about it. It makes you think of Silence of the Lambs and, well, and that kind of stuff. There there is no doubt and it's things like this that remind us um that the, the physical world is just a manifestation of what's going on behind the scenes. And we live in a world where evil exists, regardless of how we want to in paint. Spades. Right. Mm. Regardless of how we want to paint it as choice or, you know, no, we just have a difference of opinion. No, evil exists. And um, there are times when evil puts itself on display, and this is obviously one of those times. Yeah. Let me just tell you how evil uh, puts itself on display. We talked about this in the last hour. We're talking about how the left now, and I've talked about this with you guys, so the semantics, and they take something and they change it and make it sound no big deal. Yep. All right. Pedophile. You said pe- you say pedophile to most uh, people. They understand you're talking about an adult that rapes children. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not to the left. Oh, this is the whole uh, yeah minor. Yeah, they're, they're attracted. Matt, Matt, Matt. They're they're a minor attracted, attracted people. People. Yeah. Minor attracted. And see, it, when you say that, you go, God, they're crazy. Let me just say, it is just the left. I always say this because it's what Francis Schaeffer always said. You have to follow your philosophy to its logical conclusion. Mm. If you believed. The people who told you that homosexuality, they can't help it because they're born that way, even though they've never been able to prove there's been a homosexual born that way. All right. There is no no proof about a gay gene. They've tried to prove it for years. It's not there. They thought they had it. They didn't have it. I applaud so, the left. You know, but I applaud the left because of their tactics. They have won the battle of language. They started mm-hmm. off being anti-abortion, anti-choice, anti-women, but only anti-healthcare. Cases, only, only, only had their, their their whole thing about abortion was safe and rare. Remember right. when they used to say that was, that's at that far ago? It's nineties. Right. Yeah. That's uh, Clinton. Now yeah. they say <clears throat> abortion to the point of birth. Yeah. But the, but the problem now, is not they're, them. They're, they're moving beyond. The I problem agree. is not them. You didn't let me get to it. 
I agree with what you're saying, because if you have to agree that you can be homosexual homosexual because you're born that way, then it should not surprise you that they're using the exact same terminology mm-hmm. when they look at pedophiles and they say they're just minor att- attractive people. Attractive yeah. people. Yeah, how about then? They're murderers. born that way. I can't help but murder people. That's right. I can't help but steal things. It, it, I'm, it, it, I'm a it affects everything. I, what I, they're I, saying. I'm this born is that way. And this is. Um, this is one of those things that I have taught against, preached against for years and years and years. The the answer is, yeah, me too. I, I was I was born in a way that is inappropriate because I was born in iniquity. I was born with a sinful nature, and guess what? You got to get over it. Just because you are born and there's with only a sinful one way nature, to get over it. right? Just because you are born with a sinful nature doesn't mean you get to embrace it. Mm-hmm. That that is the wrong path in life. Yes, we're all born with some inclination towards some particular evil. Let's just evil. use the That's word right. evil. Uh, and, and and it is through Christ that we get to overcome those things. We were called to be better than that, not to normalize it, and therefore. Act upon it, and that's exactly where they're headed, right? They're they're trying to normalize it through phraseology. See, Steve, Steve so is right too. Steve is right too, which is a surprise. Which is the church is an unusual the church. Yeah. in many cases, has embraced <laughs> yeah. what the left says. Well, and they've surrendered. Well, it's the not language. just the church. It's it's where the church has been misplaced. Right. If if we had any representation of conservatism in this country, then what should be happening in the House and in the sentence the Senate is they should be going BLM and Antifa on the House floor and saying we ain't passing another dang bill. We ain't talking about nothing till you stop this foolishness. There is no anger. There is no outrage. There is no cry for all of the immoral immorality that's coming out of the left side of this country. About the the right church side, is silent. Nothing right, is happening. The right side, 12 Republicans yeah. agreeing to say that gay marriage is just fine. Right. Just fine. That's why when I have all these people getting excited about the so-called red wave that didn't happen, right. uh, people are saying that this is going to happen. we got all this foolishness starting back up with people. Well, just look. Trump's running again. This is what's going to happen. I just let me do it in Steve fashion. Shut your mouth. Get to the church. Get to the altar. That's the only red wave is going to change this nation. Yep. And we are so silent because of this of foolishness. Yep. That's yep. already been spilled. Yep. It's been spilled. All yep. right. That's it. I agree it's with it's you. only through the cross. It's only through repentance. And we have forgotten. We have no prophets. We have nobody calling this nation to repentance. Like we have people that just want to get have together. That with Billy Graham. We don't. It, you know. Yeah. We, but we have none. We have like no voices now. of a cry of repentance. None. And we think somehow if we get the right conservative, quote unquote, politics. Petition often is going to change. It's not repentance. We've thought about that forever. We go back to King Saul. You know, they wanted a king. God said, "You don't want a king. You don't need a king." But He finally relented to him and let him have a king. And you know what happened after that? He knew what was going to happen. And even Saul was the best choice of the. I mean, that was the best they had. And God gave the best one they had. And um, and look how that turned out. I mean, even the quote-unquote prophets that we have, what were they prophesying? That Trump would be reelected, And now we've got people lining up in droves listening to these fools prophesy again about different things. No, just, they were wrong. You only, got, you only get one time. This morning. He did eat well, his did. Well, I just, you know, the answer's clear. When the answer in truth is right before your face, and you sit there and look at all this stuff, and now we've allowed them to take the language of abortion to turn it into health care, and now we're allowing them Isn't to take that something that destroys children's lives. Yep. It doesn't just destroy them for a year or two. 
It's an entire generation yeah. of a woman or a boy that has had that happen to them, and we're just like, oh, we're going to let them take that language. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you got you heard when I was talking about that because I've got you know eight kids and four of them have yeah, been sexually it. abused. And I agree with your solution. Yeah, that's my my solution is a simple one. Yeah. You're found guilty. You're found guilty of that. It should be a short walk out of the courtroom to the back of the courthouse and a gun to the back of your head and a, and a quick trigger pull and be done with it. Yep. And be done with it. And don't give me this, well, what if it's the father? Be done with it. Yep. Just telling you, be done. What it if is, it's the grandfather? Be done with it. It is part of the problem in this country, and the reason that we are off the rails is that we surrendered punishment decades ago. We don't punish criminals anymore. Oh, we lock them up, but, you know. Uh, sometimes. It is. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, you're right about that, depending on the crime, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a socially acceptable crime. But we just don't punish people anymore. All right. We got to take our first break. It's a good day today to be on the show. I'm just saying it's a good day to be listening. There's so many things in how the left has changed language, and Steve is so right about that. The left has changed language. But, you know, when somebody changes the language, you should say no. You should not embrace it. You should say no. And I'll talk a little bit about more about that with these guys, uh, our Bible guys here on the Dave Ellswick Show, because it explains why so much error is in the church today. It really is. It, people have changed definitions on you, and you have accepted what they say it really means. All right? It's not a pedophile. It's a minor attracted person. Hmm. I don't think so. Anyway, we'll take a break. It's uh, 720 on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are back in just a moment. we got a lot to talk about today, and it's what's going on in the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I mean, is it the Methodists that are having the huge mm-hmm. fight right now? Yeah, yeah. they're actually many of the um, – so they voted as an entire denomination. I, I can't – it's not working. Oh, your, <laughs> your headphone. Yeah, okay. So they voted as an entire denomination to not ordain – and support homosexuality. Mm-hmm. So those who wanted it are now leaving the Methodist Church so they can have their own I mean, It makes it easier to identify the heretics. That's right. Well, at least they, they stood for something, right. yeah. which is which is very encouraging, right. but also surprising, giving yeah, A friend know, the, of mine who goes to the Methodist really Church, and he good. said the, the main uh, supporters were actually the African Methodist Church, were the that's ones odd. that outweighed yeah. all of the... They flat votes. out said, and that's been a couple of years back, they flat yeah. out said, uh, we will split oh, the that, church. That, okay, I misunderstood. Yeah. That's great. Not the AMA. Okay. The AME. The, yeah. But, because uh, that's, I think, I don't think that's part of the United Method. I'm talking about the, the um, all of the African United Methodists were the ones that had overwhelmingly way. voted against Good. supporting homosexuality. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they were the ones that swung from America and uh, Europe, um, yeah, the European uh, Methodists to vote that out. So then they just like, well, you know what? Then we'll just leave. And we're like, bye. Bye. Right? Because Wesley would be running around whooping y'all yeah. <laughs> right, if he right. knew what you guys had turned what he yeah. bought into. But, you know, we bought into, I mean, we have allowed um, language um, to be changed for for far too long without saying anything. I think it was I think it was um, was it Gorbels who said yeah Gorbels tell a big, a big enough long, lie long enough people believe it right and they would change definitions and change this started yeah. happening. Remember, remember back uh, 
uh, when Obama was president, they changed uh, like uh, terrorist attacks was mm. man-made disasters. Yeah, I right. mean, I mean, and, and and people buy into this. And you know, now we're now we're coming to the point where now we're dealing with um, you know with just pronouns. You think, how did you get to a pronoun? Well, you got to a pronoun because you bought into this this mess a long time ago, allowing language to be changed. And and, and you know, I hope nobody gets upset about this, but you know. Uh, Sarah Huckabee will never be the governor of Arkansas. That's right. She will be the governess of Arkansas, right. but never the governor. We have allowed masculine words to be placed upon feminine people. Yep. Yep. Like now women call themselves, I'm, I'm, I'm going to host a party. No, you're not. You're the hostess. You're going to hostess a party. Right. You're not an actor. You're an actress. Actress. We've actually allowed yep. ourselves to slowly allow masculine <clears throat> terms to be attached to women. Now, we never talk about um, the um, the um, uh, you know a, someone who is a, f- a female who is married to a duke. We don't call her a duke. What do we call her? Nice. A duchess. A duchess. If, a, if a lady's married to a prince, what is she? A princess. But we're not going to talk about a stewardess anymore. Right. Now we're going to have a flight attendant. Right. Right. So we're happy to fawn and foam over people who come over here who have royal titles, and we're happy to use the feminine mm-hmm. titles for them. But we're not going to use the feminine titles in other area other area of life. That's hypocrisy. So we've a, so a long time ago we started allowing us to change words, and now it's developed into this. And mess. why? Equity and equality. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, but we have but no problem. But that's pl- what they'll say. Yeah. You, you brought up another one. It, they've changed it again because now they went from equality to equity. Yeah. And people don't realize that they're changing they're the different. words again. They're, they're different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Steve said it. I probably ran right past you. They don't call – a lot of people don't call it abortion anymore. They say, yeah. don't take away my health care. Yeah, right. right. Health care. So when is killing an unborn child health care? It's never been. No. It's well, not caring for anything. I'm pretty sure the Nazis considered murder health care. No, but, maybe you know, so. Since then, I don't, I don't think anybody's – Anybody's done. I mean, that. I, I looked at uh, a list of countries. No, we're that the allow. Nazis. No, watch yeah. yourself. Yeah, which is I'm interesting the because the people. word the word Nazi actually is an acronym that stands for National Socialist. Socialist. Yeah, right. So it, you you can't be a Nazi unless you're a socialist because no, no. because because the word Nazi actually if you're means on the a socialist. left, everybody is a Nazi who doesn't right. agree with you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's another part of the irony. Because they, they do are what, national socialists. Mm-hmm. Well, they what do what the Nazis did. Right. They're yeah. the book burners. We're yeah. not. I've not asked for any book to ever yeah. be you see that Again, they've changed the, what the word Nazi means. Nazi now means conservative, but the word Nazi actually means a, um, a liberal, mm-hmm. a socialist. Yep. But we have allowed that to, to happen because we have not confronted it. Uh, and um, and if, if we don't confront things, then the, the lie will, will continue. Well, what is it? What, was it Edmund, got, Edmund Burke who said, you know, yep. evil prevails when good men do, do nothing. nothing. Yeah, and exactly so we right. have to do something. If that means just saying something in the beginning, then that's what we have to do. Well, you do have to say something in the beginning because if you don't, people will soak it up like a sponge yeah. and you'll never be able to change their viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, never. we're pointing the finger at the world. And the problem is that the finger doesn't really belong pointed at the world. The, the problem is that about 40 or 50 years ago, the church, the church surrendered. Silent. Yep. It's authority by saying we want to be super secret friendly and yep. we're not going to tell anybody they're sinning. And, you know, my father, when my father was behind the pulpit, my father preached one thing and one thing alone. You're all going to hell if you don't get right. That's all he preached. <laughs> he, he preached, he preached, you know, hellfire and damnation all the time. It's the only thing the man preached. But how often do you hear that anymore? You just don't. Uh, there's nothing wrong with preaching it. And there's nothing wrong with preaching God's love. 
it's the same person we're talking about. Right. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Bible guys are here. They'll return in a moment. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys today on a Tuesday. I know that I speak for them. I speak for myself. We hope that you had a great Thanksgiving holiday over the last few days. And now we're all back at work and doing what we got to do to uh, pay off the bills that we're running up right now for Christmas. <laughs> but anyway, with, with that said, we I did what I did uh, to start off the show to lead to this part of the show. All right. And, and that is a story came out. I guess it was over the weekend. I saw it yesterday. And I read it. And I got so mad. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I, you know, the old saying, seeing red. Right. I was seeing right. red. And uh, I sent this story to all three Bible guys. And I said, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. And because uh, then I figure you'll by that time calm down a little bit. But then I heard Steve talking this morning, and I know that that's not the case. Uh, it's just getting worse. It's not getting yeah, any better. Yeah, it's all firing us up completely. Did you find the, the story yet? I did. I did. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to ask Billy oh, to read some of this. This was a sermon. This, that, that's what they called it. A sermon given at Cambridge. When you think of Cambridge, you think of one of the great schools in England. I mean, that's, you don't have to say much more than say Cambridge. I mean, you say Cambridge, it's like saying Harvard. All right, I went to Harvard uh, kind of thing. Uh, and you, you think, wow, this guy's been really educated. But then I look at what this guy said, and he didn't learn nothing of it. He was a PhD candidate. Yeah. I, and me, I guess this is probably part of his thesis that mm-hmm. he's writing. Look, let me just say this. Uh, you know, I lived um, in the U.K. for 11 years. Didn't, and, you, didn't you Didn't you graduate from No. Oh, not Cambridge? No, no. Uh, uh, but um, to get into this school, the requirements are – are huge. As a matter of fact, when my kids uh, entered into um, junior high, they actually take your kids uh, into a counseling session in junior high, and they determine what your children are going to be good at doing. Uh-huh. So from junior high onwards, your children are pushed towards certain topics. Now, they and do that here in the United States. Do you remember when we used to have portfolios? That's what they were doing here in the United oh, really? States at the time. Go ahead. So, at any rate, so long story short, so um, uh, Prince William, um, he um, he wanted to attend Cambridge, and uh, Cambridge just basically said, "You got to be kidding." He didn't have the credentials for that. You know, here in the states, if you if you play sports well but have terrible academics, you can get into college. Uh-huh. If you you got, we have scholarships out the wazoo. Well, in the, in the UK, they don't have scholarships. They don't have, it doesn't matter whether you can play basketball good or not. If you don't have the academics, you don't go to school. So here he is. He's the next king uh, of England. Uh, and Cambridge said, too bad. You don't, you can't, you don't cut the grade, cut the mustard. So he wound up going to St. Andrews University, which is about 45 minutes from where I was living in, uh, in Scotland. Uh, but so my, my point is, this guy supposedly the, the, best de la the, best. the best of the best, right. and this is this is what they're producing now. So this is Cambridge's idea of the best of the best. And let me tell you, if you're hearing this in Cambridge, you will hear it in America. Yeah. You probably already are. Mm-hmm. We just may not have, um, you know, all of the information that we yeah, need to, to be able to do that. Further west. Yeah. So go ahead. So, and and just a warning for anybody who might be up with their children at this point. Um, there is some. 
There is some discussion here about uh, genitals, so if you we will use the, I will, the medical I will use term, the, right? I will use the words that are here, but if that is not something you want your children hearing about at uh, seven forty in the morning, per, perhaps you you need to send them somewhere else. So the title of the article is Cambridge Dean defends the sermon about Jesus's trans body and vaginal side wound that was blasted as heresy. Um, trans body, <coughs> correct. Okay. We'll continue. And they're going to this. They're going to do something that the left does all the time, which is play some word games, right? So they're going, they're going to say, "Well, we're not trying to say that Jesus was transgender, but that that simply the depiction of him depicts him as having a trans body." Um, okay, so <laughs> and they're referring um, to paintings. They are repra- yeah. and this is part of the problem. I'm not referring and, to scripture. They're referring to paintings right. of him during, in particular, during the Middle Ages, and uh, which, correct. according to this gentleman. Though he goes unsaid, he believes is a depiction of Scripture. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. Says uh, a dean at the University of Cambridge in the UK came to the defense of a junior research fellow, and there's an important statement: a junior research fellow whose sermon sermon last Sunday about Jesus Christ having a trans body reportedly left outraged congregants in tears. Um, Good. He um, skipping down some. Uh, said that this raised legitimate speculation on the sermon during which the researcher claimed from the pulpit, and, and this is the big thing, that the big problem I've got here, from the pulpit, beyond the underlying subject matter, from the pulpit of Trinity College Chapel, that non-erotic portrayal of Jesus' penis in historic paintings urge a welcoming rather than hostile response towards the raised voices of trans people. So we're trying to be super trans friendly, right, by saying that Jesus' body was a trans body. Uh, in Christ's simultaneous masculine and feminine body in these works, if the body of the Christ, as these works suggest, the body of all bodies, then his body is also a trans body. So if he's this is this goes back to the there's been an argument for a long time that says, well, if if God is everything, then if God is masculine, he must also be feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that we're now trying to foist that on to Christ as well. Um, uh, the doctorate in theology supervised by former archbishop, etc., etc., said um, that the spear wound in Jesus' side takes on a decidedly vaginal appearance. In other words, he pointed to how the blood from the in, – in another point, he, he points out how the blood flows from the side to his groin. So here we have a bleeding vaginal wound in the side of Christ. Um. And so, skipping on down, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, no, it just the whole thing makes me so uncomfortable and so angry. Um, they they go on to make the point in the article that it, people obviously got very uncomfortable very quickly I'm so to glad the point at least someone did yeah, to the point that to the point that people started getting up and shouting at this guy heretic that he Good. was a heretic and blasting out yeah. of the building. Yeah. Yeah. and it's like well. Thank God there are still some people in the spine somewhere. And by the way, all of you who stayed in the seats, shame on you. Absolutely. Uh, said uh, the service left me in tears, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, the part that offends me the most is when we get down to the body, to the bottom of this article, um, where the college actually had to come out and make a statement, had to had to respond to this. 
So the college would like to make clear the following. A spokesman for Trinity College said, according to the Daily Mail, neither the dean of Trinity College nor the researcher giving the sermon suggested that Jesus is transgender. The sermon addressed the images of Christ depicted in art and various interpretations of those artistic portrayals. The sermon's exploration of the nature of religious art in the spirit of thought-provoking academic inquiry. Oh, the, the article just shifted around on me. Um, thought-provoking... Uh, academic inquiry was in keeping with the open debate and dialogue at the University of Cambridge. Okay, look, there are places for rigorous academic debate. It's one of the things that that Steve and I do all the time. We it, we talk all the time about how much we how much we disagree over. That's what debate is all about. Is we get to sit down and go, hey, here's what I believe. Here's what you believe. Let's beat through that. And the truth of the matter is, there's very little difference there. Right. The, per, the what we don't do is get behind the pulpit and whip out outlandish ideas. Because guess what? There is no debate from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. I am in a position of authority at that point, and I am the only person speaking. I am okay if this moron wants to go into a classroom and have an open debate with his fellow scholars. But the fact that you bring that garbage to the pulpit makes me want to find a whip somewhere. Yeah. It, and, and the fact that the college then just stands up and goes, oh, well, that's just the spirit of debate around here. No, the pulpit is not the place for debate. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, what he did was outrageous. What the college did was so much worse. Mm-hmm. So much worse. Well, they gave, they gave uh, to say there's truth to what the man is saying from the pulpit. It, it appears that it is a soft acceptance of what he had to say, right? It, they don't they don't come out and go, well, he's totally wrong, and we don't support that. Uh, they come out and give this. It's it's one of the things that liberals like to do so much. They just don't address your point, right? It wasn't their their response was not about the fact that hey, we think God, uh, that we think the God of the universe has got a trans body. That wasn't how they responded. They just went, oh well, this is this is how we you know we have this open debate, the spirit of open debate around here. This is blasphemy. Uh, yeah. It is blasphemy. It's blasphemy. Absolutely. Go right. I had. I saw. I'm, let me, I, I let wanted me to turn. This. I wanted to turn you guys loose on this. So, so go. I saw this meme last night. And it says, "If we don't know the Bible, if we don't know doctrine, we don't know theology. It's virtually impossible to identify the false prophets." <clears throat> this is the extreme version of what's been happening in a church for quite a while. Because once in you, America, that's right. Once you remove truth, yeah. Once you remove the foundation, the Old Testament. Uh, once you remove any doctrinal position on anything, then anything goes, and people will believe almost anything at that point. And that, again, is why this has been happening, because the church, the pastors, the quote-unquote teachers have been diminishing the authority of the Word of God, and then they sit around and have Bible studies, and they read a scripture, and they go, well, what does that mean to you? Right, right. Well, now you have 10 people going, well, this is what it means to me, and therefore nothing is true. Right. That's but not... what does it mean? Well, this is the thing. What does it you, mean? You have to ask the question, what does this mean to God? That's right. What right. did God mean when he said this? Not what does it mean to you and how do you feel about it? What does it mean to you? That's what typically our Bible studies are. And the end of the day, it's not about you. No. Right. It's not about what you think about it's it. About it's about God. What did God mean? What did the author of the book mean when he made that statement? That's what you need to go after, not what do I think it means. We have, we have become so self-centered Thank you. that we interpret Scripture 
through our worldview mm -hmm. rather than allowing Scripture to create our worldview. And that's what this whole sermon's about. It's He's taking a, a modern idea right. of transgenderism and try to import it into Scripture. Let me plaster that right over the Bible. And he will, if he doesn't burn in hell, and it's not my call, if he doesn't burn in hell, he will certainly be passed through the fire where the Scripture says that we will, we will be tried. And we will, just like gold passes through a fire to have that which is, is uh, not worthy burned out of us, he's going to end up with a lot of ash. People did this when they, they tried to read homosexuality into Jesus and the apostles because yeah. they were just a bunch of dudes hanging out. Yeah. Yep. Um, they created replacement theology. David and Jonathan. Yep. There were people who tried to preach sermons on that. <clears throat> and what happens is people take their belief, and this is why it's very, you have to be very cautious. Preachers need to be very cautious about topical preaching because if you get an idea, you can – this is a, what I'm about to say is a 100% true statement. You can make the Bible say whatever you want it oh, to yeah. say. So all you have to do is go, I have a belief. I believe in equity. So I'm going to go and use scriptures that prove that God is all about equity, and therefore we all should give and take from others and whatever. But that's what's wrong with preaching that takes certain verses from all different time right. periods and tries to knit them all together. And that's what you find preachers doing. That's why I've said they've been doing this for a long time. They'll have a belief, a doctrine, a topic, whatever it is, and then they will go and say, let me go find 10 scriptures and weave them all together. And they have now created a new theology. Yeah. And because they used the scripture and they went here, 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 and here, oh, that's the word of God. And guess what? Sometimes it's not four or five scriptures. It's one yeah. scripture mm -hmm. that they'll build a whole or a partial theolo the the theological whole movement on. All right, we've got to get a break, final break, and we're back to talk with the – this is what I like about my preacher. I'm just going to I'm – I'm going to brag about my preacher, James Bennett. He holds up the Bible at church, and he says, whatever the world's saying, we will break it on the truth of the word. And that's what you have to do in your own life, especially if you call yourself a Christ follower. A break, and we'll be back with more. Back with your final few moments. We got about oh, about seven minutes pushing it <laughs> and pushing it. But uh, what all are, are what are you all pushing? Now, I don't want to say pushing. That's not right. What are you What are you preaching about right now? Well, um, this Sunday is um, the first Sunday of December, so I will um, I'll begin a um, Christmas slash Hanukkah um, series. Okay, uh, and so, uh, so more or less, the next four weeks will be um, the journey from you know the prophecies of the the Messiah to be born, and then and then follow that through all the way to the birth, which will okay. Be so about. that's good. We'll be we'll be talking about what is in the scriptures mm -hmm. and what we as Christians right now have allowed to come into the church. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. I will buy a menorah. Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, I will bring you. Uh, we have at our church we have uh, Hanukkah packages for sale. People get the menorah, you get the candles, you get uh, a couple other things. I'll bring you. I'll give it I'll to you. It. I'll give it to you. I'll buy. I'll make it. All right. I'll I buy picked it. up. Uh, I picked up an extra couple. Um, I've had. So I, I am obviously I'm at Ahava, but I am tangentially associated with several other congregations. And uh, I am seeing, and, and I don't know if, if you're connected enough to other congregations, I am seeing more and more interest in other congregations wanting to reconnect to the, to the Hebrew roots of the faith. So I've actually around a couple feast, of uh, yes. type ideas. Uh, yeah, I've had that's that's the go, easy hey, entry point. Can, yeah. I, can I share that with you? Yeah. yeah because yeah. Uh, 
couple of weeks ago, we had our life group mm-hmm. at New Life, and we're we're known for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a huge uh, life group uh, movement within our church. And uh, one of the things we did with the life group that I'm involved with is we brought Steve in mm-hmm. to teach about Hebraic Christianity. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, we had uh, we went and had a Last Supper. Not like what we have in church, but right, the right. real yeah. last of Passover, and we were we we had just gotten back together again after COVID and everything, and I can't tell you how many people came up to me. It was an overwhelming majority of people, yeah, who asked for Steve to come back again mm. and to teach more about the Hebraic belief system of the church. Mm-hmm. From the the change from uh, you know Constantine yeah. and, what, and what he did to the Roman Empire, and we're going to do that next year. But we're going to do another um, you know time I, for a Passover. I think, I think when you when you when you're open, when you hear something that connects the Judeo Christian back together, right. it just right. makes it's, sense and resonates is, it's with the you. Holy and, Spirit, and absolutely, and it just pulls you're just drawn into it. Yeah. I mean, um, to to resist it is is almost like a willful choice yeah. not to well, go that route because that's really going to mess a, with you know the way I do life. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because we were just talking, and when you came here, you said, "Here I am, a Hebraic Christian, coming to be uh, the the leader of a church with a Greek name." Yeah. Agape. Yeah. All right. Uh, and. Uh, to be able to make the switch for people to understand that a lot of the things that we have as tradition mm-hmm. needs to be called out as tradition, yep. but you don't do it all at once and blow everything up. No, you can't because as as a pastor, you're you are meant to to gather, not scatter. Right, right. And so you have to be you have to use wisdom on how much to uh, to feed. I mean, you don't take a newborn baby and give it a steak. You you understand the baby has to Would eat. You tell it my needs parents nutri- that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you, you you obviously use wisdom there. So uh, the Lord gave me a plan on how to how to bring uh, the church to a place of uh, of Hebraic or Judeo Christianity, and um, and so I was to start off with a certain feast and then slowly in you know go through through more and obviously the well, the one he gave me that is the easiest one for people to grab a hold of is is Passover. Yeah. And we started there and now you know our church we have you know full blown festivals for Sukkot. I mean we have we have camels that come on the property. We've got uh, we have massive tent. I mean we 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 now are a fully um Hebraically celebrating church, we we honor Sabbath. We, but it didn't happen. I've been pastor there for almost nine years. It didn't happen day Overnight. one. And if you did it too quickly, you would scatter people, and yeah. that was not the purpose. And even though you started off slowly, yeah, I still had people. You leave. had people leave. Yeah. I know some of the people who yeah. left, and yeah. they told me he's just radical. He's radical. And then I started talking. Well, I sure hope to, so. Christ was radical. But I, just, <laughs> right. I, but I started talking to Scott, and it, it wasn't radical. No. You know what it was? It was you've been denied to hear the truth. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. It's it's so we walk a weird balance, right? Because we have to acknowledge the fact that those who are out there with the right heart, they're doing 
what they know how to do to yeah. the best of their ability. And and they they can sometimes, when, when we start talking about the Hebraic things, they sometimes get really defensive because they think we're trying to change everything. And the reality is we're changing very little. Uh, there are some things that are in the church that absolutely do not belong there. Yeah. But by and large, guess what? It's about Jesus. And if you love Jesus, we're all on the same team. That's right. We're all on the same team. So, so next uh, week, Billy, are you ready? And we're going to have the we have pastor start teaching us about Christmas. So <laughs> we'll it. do it by teaching you about Hanukkah. There yeah. you go. There you go. Right. I'm going to come crash your small group at some point. I can, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> it's, I'd already said that I'd like to have you come in. All right. Well, so, it's not like we don't live about a Scott's mile and a half. Scott's already each been other, in. So. He's done. He's done Sakor. You know, there you we're go. We're going to do that. There you go. All right. So we got to get a break in. I'll be back at nine here on the Dave Ellswick Show. to the uh, 9 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Always a good hour. We can get into more depth a lot of times uh, during the 9 o'clock hour than we could in the 6 a.m. hour here on uh, 101.1 FM, The uh, Answer. Good to have you along. By the way, uh, don't miss seeing the 75th anniversary showing of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. That's a movie we show every three years. It just happened to fall on the 75th anniversary. We have three movies we basically show during Christmas time. It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, and then last but not least, typically, uh, we're, we're, go- we're going to uh, show like, uh, well, there's a there's White Christmas is the typical one. But we've been known to do Christmas Vacation as well. Because I kind of put it up there as being one of the big classics uh coming up here in just a few years elf will be at that time that we can start showing it as a classic so i'm sure we'll we'll do that as well in the near future because it's such a a fun uh christmas type of movie but it's a wonderful life uh going to be december 13th you'll want to get your tickets uh don't worry about you know us running out because we'll just open up more theaters uh, to show it, I mean, we've we've had to use five theaters before for "It's a Wonderful Life." That is that movie and uh, "Blazing Saddles" are the two movies we can show, and we're going to show it on more than one screen because of that. 
Now, next year, uh, I can talk to you a little bit about what 2023 will always start in January with Gone with the Wind. Because I just think it's one of those movies. It's a seminal movie. Uh, you always watch it. I I play it uh, to to remember that you know you make great movies. Sometimes the politics are wrong, and it's gone with the winds bad as far as the whole thing goes with slavery. I'll be the first to admit it. But but it was a movie that was made that people didn't pay that much attention to slavery for all that much uh, during that time. So we'll show it uh, from the, the the year, what was it, 1939, I believe. That was the great year that that came out. And then you had uh, Wizard of Oz came out and some other great movies as well. It's, I think that's the one that is considered the golden year of movies. Uh, and so I can tell you, from 1939 to 2023, People think differently <laughs> between those eras, all right? They just think differently. So we'll show Gone with the Wind in January. But I'm I'm thinking, I watched a special uh, on HBO over the weekend, and it's about Steven Spielberg. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you watch it. Uh, and it talks about, you know, some of the things that Spielberg was trying to talk about during his movies. And... Uh, which movies he thought were the toughest for him to make. And I'll let you know that the toughest one that he says uh, he made was Munich. Uh, And I can understand that. Being Jewish, being, uh, you know, writing and doing a movie about uh, the Munich Olympics when when the Jewish uh, athletes were killed and trying to, you know, draw a line down the middle of history a little bit about the, the terrorists trying to understand things from their side of the of the the line although i believe that they were absolutely wrong in what they did uh the, the bottom line is uh, it makes for an interesting movie uh and i i liked it a lot critics didn't like it as much uh, they said that uh Spielberg pussyfooted around with it, and maybe a little bit, okay, maybe a little bit, but I, he didn't want his Jewishness uh, to get in front of uh, the movie, so I'll give him credit for that. But I, I think we could start off with uh, that first movie he did about uh, uh, Japan and the Americans fighting and all of that. What was it? Something of the Sun, and I can't think of Empire, Empire of the Sun. Uh, that that was a great movie. I think we can maybe see that in February. But some of the other movies that we'll see uh, during the course of the year, for sure we'll see Schindler's List. Uh, for sure I'll play Munich. Uh, for sure uh, I'll be playing uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the first movie, for sure. That, that We'll do that one. Uh, we'll do Saving Private Ryan. I would say that would probably could be a good movie for Memorial Day uh, uh, month. And, and some of the other ones. I mean, the, the man has a, a series of work that is just incredible. Just incredible. Uh, instead of doing Wizard of Oz this year, I think that I'm, I'm looking at, uh, uh, at doing E.T., the extraterrestrial. I think that's what we'll do. 
you know, we always do a big time family movie, and that's a big time family movie. So, I'll uh, as you start listening, hearing the, the the ads for the movies, know that uh, those are the ones that are coming, going to be coming up, and with others as well. Uh, for December, I'm not sure yet. We'll we'll have to make up uh, make up our mind on that. I'll get with Matt, and we'll talk about it, and whether. Uh, you know, this year it felt just perfect, so we do we could do it's a it's a wonderful life being the seventy fifth anniversary for that movie. All right, nine twelve here on a uh, on a Tuesday. Let's talk a little bit now because Congress is back in session. And what are the Democrats going to do between now and January first? This is considered a lame duck session. I would suggest that tomorrow you join me on the show during the 7 o'clock hour because we'll have uh, Congressman Hill on and Congressman Westerman. I'll be talking about this uh, in depth, about what to expect from the left, from the Democrats, uh, during the lame duck. Uh, We've already heard a few things coming from the administration. We've heard them uh, talk about gun control again the president saying semi-automatic weapons all right and when he talks about that all right when he talks about that he doesn't he's not just talking about his big thing about you know weapons of mass destruction or or uh, you know the whole thing about uh, ar uh, you know 15s and all of that now he's talking about pistols now He's talking about semi-automatic pistols. He's talking about anything that can shoot more than one bullet, and you got to kind of, you know, you got to reload, or yeah, you can't shoot them fast. Uh, so know that that's what you're talking about. Now, one Democrat uh, congressman has come out, and I don't have his name in front of me, and already said that he did not believe uh, that uh, the president would be able to get it get all that thing all that through uh, as far as that's uh, concerned that uh, there's enough democrats that even would fight against all of it as as well so something that we'll be uh, watching as that uh, that goes on and it, and it happens uh in the uh, the, the the time of the uh the the lame duck and why a lame duck well the the democrats are going out of power the uh, Republicans are coming in to power, and uh, there's different things that are going to be things are going to be happening. For instance, they're talking about trying to kill some of the the woke programs that are in the military. So they're thinking about the national defense legislation that comes up uh, before the end of the year, and they might not pass something anything because they want to get rid of that woke stuff, and they'll be able to do that when they have control of the house so will they wait or will they go and that that's a that's a that's a good one to talk about tomorrow with the congressman see what they say over in the senate congressmen have nothing to do with what they're going to do in the senate but there's a piece of legislation about making um you know it law that uh, you know uh, marriage between uh, a man and a woman uh, is not going to be the way things go. They want to make sure that uh, you know gay marriage stays solidly that way. But to do gay marriage that way, uh, 
there's 12 Republicans, by the way, that are in on it. Uh, they're, the only way to get that done is uh, to make some uh, concessions on religious freedom. And I don't think that plays well here in our uh, in our country to uh, make it uh, difficult to have uh, the, the ability to have a conscience of how you see that uh, particular issue of gay marriage and saying to people who have religious objections to tell them you can't have religious objections. So they're working on that. I don't know if they can work through that. And, in fact, I'm going to talk about it in the morning. I'm waiting for an answer back from the Heritage Foundation uh, and a a guest uh, from their organization to talk about it. All right, right now, though, it's 916, so that means i got to get a break in. If I don't do a break right now, I'll be behind, and if I get behind, it's always hard uh, to catch up. So let's talk about ICU uh, protection. ICU protection, as I always like to rem- remind you, are the folks that have the uh, protection uh, for what's going on in the wonderful world of Nuke One. They take care of the protection out there. And if they can protect Nuke One, they can protect your house and they can protect your business. I highly recommend them. I use them. They, I, you know, I pay my monthly fee, and uh, they uh, watch over my house for me. I got uh, some cameras at my house now. I've got um, my door and window sensors on every door and and uh, and window in my home. Uh, my house is secure, or at least I feel it's secure. I'm not saying that somebody couldn't break into my house, but if they do, they're go- it's going to happen with a lot of noise because there's battery backup and all kinds of stuff for it. So if you go and cut the power, that's not going to solve the problem you're going to have getting into my house without anybody knowing about it. So ICU can do this for you. They'll talk to you about it. Billy Mack, the owner, he'll talk to you personally, in fact, and figure out how many cameras you you want. He'll tell you how many he thinks you need. You'll decide how many you want. And, uh, you know, you got the whole thing about the digital panel that's there uh, where you want it to be placed at. Mine's in my dining room. And anybody opens the door, it immediately tells me what door has been has been opened. Uh, it, you, you get pictures from your cameras delivered right to your smartphone and uh, delivered to the people that need to know about there's a break-in if you've set the trigger on your house so for your residential uh, place it's it's great and it's also great for your business you'll know when anybody gets in and it's because of all that great um, analytics they have it'll tell you whether it's a person an animal or a car for instance or maybe just a big gust of wind with a bunch of leaves in it and tell you what you got to be paying attention to what you don't nothing's worse than being woke up in the middle of the night and you think that your business is being broke into, and it's not. And you go all you got to head out there to meet the cops, and then tell them false alarm. So I want you to talk to Billy Mac. He'll walk you through it. He'll make sure that it works the way it should work for you on ICU protection. All you have to do is call him five zero one two zero five thirteen thirty three. And last but not least. You never pay for the equipment. The equipment is yours, absolutely free. All you have to pay is for the service each month. That's ICU Protection. The phone number again is 501-205-1333. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show talking a little bit about what's going to be going down during the lame duck 
uh, session that is starting up now uh, with the House and the Senate. Uh, I've got in front of me some information from The Hill. It's a publication that is uh, very much left-leaning. So as we read this, I'll, I'll make some caveats to it very, very str- uh, strenuously. Since Congress has returned from the Thanksgiving holiday to the last few weeks of the lame duck session and plenty of public and behind-the-scenes planning uh, for the legislative uh, term that's coming ahead uh, in starting in 2023, January 3rd to be exact, in the final sprint before the end of 17, uh, the 117th Congress, the House and Senate face a laundry list of legislative items to consider before the year's end from a must-pass bill to keep federal agencies operating to a bill that would reform how Congress counts electoral votes. Okay, so that's all true. That's all true. Those are things that are up in front of us right now. Uh, Said uh, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, whether it's strengthening our economy, improving our immigration system, protecting our national security, or safeguarding democracy around the world, we have important work ahead of us in December. Um, That was in a Sunday letter to the Democratic uh, colleagues. We must take full advantage of the coming weeks to deliver results for the people. All right. As you read that, that means that uh, the left is going to make a big push to try to get their leftist agenda, which they've gotten some of it through, but they know that they'll get very little of it through starting next year uh, and the year after that they're going to do what they can to try to push things through through uh, the, the last few weeks. So you got to watch them. These last few weeks, you, you've got to watch them. Remember, they got Obamacare on Christmas Eve. Uh, President Biden today called on Congress to pass legislation immediately uh, to adopt a tentative agreement between railroad workers and operators to avert a potential rail shutdown with less than two weeks remaining until the strike uh, deadline. The deal was recently voted down by four railroad unions representing most of the union members. Rail workers have said they are angry and frustrated that the deal did not include paid sick days or other substantial changes to an attendance policy. A rail strike... Uh, could threaten, and I won't say just could, it will threaten, the national water supply, stop passenger rail travel, and trigger major disruptions to the supply chain during the height of the holiday season. Now, we hear, you know, problem being stop passenger rail travel, and for us here in Arkansas, we don't think nothing about that. I mean, there are people who still ride the train, don't get me wrong. But it's not like you ride the train to get to work, like up in the the northeast corner of this country or around certain cities in this nation. They depend on rail service. If they don't have rail service, getting to work begins to be a real hammer uh, for them to their life. And uh, so you got to be careful. And then the disruptions to the supply chain right now, I mean, look, stores are... Yeah, they've got a lot of inventory uh, right now. 
but that can go goodbye in a very short period of time. And then if you've got a rail strike going on, uh, they'll tell you when you look at uh, the trains going through and you see all of those, you know, uh, cargo carriers on the backs of those train, uh, train uh, cars that uh, you're looking at, those are going to have to be delivered then by truck all over the United States, which I don't know if we have enough truck drivers to make it happen. So that would be very, very important for you to, to keep in mind as well. Uh, said uh, the president, he said, as a pro proud pro-labor president, I am reluctant to override the ratification procedures and the views of those who voted against the agreement, Biden said. But in this case, where the economic impact of a shutdown would hurt millions of other working people and families, I believe Congress must use its powers to adopt this deal. Uh, Because of the power of the rail system, uh, Congress can... um, You know, they can make them swallow it, whether they like it or not. The National Retail Foundation on Monday echoed Biden's uh, statement, emphasizing the potentiality and the devastating effects of a strike. For House Republicans, much of the next five weeks and lame duck legislature session is going to be overshadowed by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Now, I think it's interesting in all of this written here. Uh, that I'm going to read and talk to you about uh, with the Hill, that they don't talk about gun control, and the president came out very solidly about doing some gun control during the lame duck session. But the Hill's not not touching touching it right now. They're making it the third rail of of the lame duck uh, session. Um, they're, they're saying, you know, there's a lot of electricity in that third rail. Might not want to touch that right now. And there's Democrats that have been coming out and saying they think it would be a mistake to push for gun control uh, during the lame duck. But uh, they think that it would be overshadowed, uh, overshadowed by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's quest for the speakership amid opposition from a handful of conservatives who are threatening to sink his bid. All right, just about five uh, Republicans. Now, this is where the Republicans have to learn something from the Democrats. you got to hang together. you got to hang together and push what you can push through while you can push it through. All right, talk more about it after we get done with the news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, nothing against Eastern Arkansas. I hope that the, the the storms hang out over there and not over Little Rock and and Sherwood and and us here up in Cabot or any of those other places. Um, in fact, let's just let the cold air dissipate a little bit, and when it meets that warm air, and we don't have tornadoes because they're talking about a lot of tornadoes. And as I heard Janice Dean this morning say, big tornadoes that spend a lot of time on the ground. Those are not the kind of tornadoes that we want to see uh, here or anywhere. So let's hope that they're going to be wrong 
on this forecast. All right, so we've been talking, uh, if you just joined us, we're talking about we're in the lame duck session now. You've got five weeks before the Republicans completely take over uh, the House. And with that in mind, uh, what can we expect uh, the rest of the way out? Uh, those five weeks, are Democrats going to try any kind of serious hanky-panky to get things uh, passed and through before uh, the Republicans can stop it. Uh, of course, they're zeroing in on House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy wanting to be the speaker, and there is uh, some opposition uh, from a handful of conservatives. And who do I? Who am I talking about? Well, uh, there's a total of five, and the uh, possible speaker has four to spare. So if all five of them would hang together, they could make some real problems uh, for McCarthy being speaker. Here's what I'm hoping does not happen. And maybe this makes me different from the way that you think about uh, some things. But I would rather I get through some things than to cause everything to come to a screeching halt and get nothing uh, for the platform passed. Platform, yeah. Republicans have a platform. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, in in the near future here on the Dave Ellswick Show about when we go into the new session uh, for the, uh, legis- the the legislature here in, in Arkansas. And we get into talking about uh, school choice and what the platform says and what we're going to hear from uh, our, our elected officials who uh, may be more beholden to uh, school superintendents and uh, uh, the teachers' union than they are to the Republican platform. So there's all kinds of things to talk about when you get to the platform. The platform supposedly is what you believe in. But do we? Does everybody believe in it? Or is it, I mean, it, it passed unanimously uh, as far as the state went. How many uh, elected officials are going to vote against it? That's what I'd like to know. All right, so Republicans will elect new regional representatives this week under an expanded, expanded structure that gives more power to rank-and-file members. Now, some of this we're going to talk tomorrow about in depth. Uh, with our uh, congressional representatives uh, from District 2, that's uh, Congressman Hill. From uh, District uh, uh, 4, that's Congressman Westerman. I want to talk to them. They're also considering more conference rules change proposals that include requests from the Freedom Caucus, such as banning earmarks. So we're going to talk about that as well. We banned earmarks a few years back. Then when the Democrats got back in control, it's one of the first things that they reinstituted under their rule. So what's going to happen? Are there enough people that can throw a wrench into that and bring them back, even though it's the Republicans and the conservatives, supposedly, that are in control of everything? Now, House Democrats, and you got to understand what the House Democrats are thinking, and there's We're going to talk about this in specifics after I read this. I'll start on it, and then we'll take a break, and then I'll come back and finish on it because it's important to think about. 
House Democrats, meanwhile, are preparing to move to the minority in January, but with a razor-thin margin that they'll be able to use to their advantage. Now, you never heard that line at all from the Hill when the Democrats were in control, and they never said, you know, the Republicans could use, you know, the, the poss- their possibility of having that razor-thin, uh, of, you know, majority on the Democrat side and that the, the Republicans could use that. No. And you know why it never was mentioned? Because Republicans don't walk in the same kind of lockstep that Democrats do. That's why. So, uh, The House GOP will have to steer legislation through with as few as only four votes to spare, while its leaders deal with an emboldened Freedom Caucus. Nothing wrong with that. I'm glad that the Freedom Caucus is stronger. And, of course, there's the internal finger pointing over a disappointing midterm cycle. For those that are just, you know, really sad that they don't have a huge majority— Here's what I say. Be glad that you have control of the House. Control by one or control by 20. There's no difference as long as you stick together. If you don't stick together, then you're putting yourself many times over uh, what you can do to get things through to help the country. And uh, the Freedom Caucus, of course, wants them to uh, take care of, you know, banning ear, uh, the the whole thing about earmarks and stuff. That shouldn't that should be a no brainer, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let me read this quote to you from Congressman Don Byer, Democrat of Virginia. He said, "I don't lie awake at night worrying about the bad legislation they are going to pass." Now. We would think it's good legislation. They think it's bad legislation. And why doesn't he stay awake at night thinking about it? Because I don't think they're going to pass it. He doesn't believe that the Republicans have the, the, the backbone, the steel necessary, that if what they're wanting specifically should be put to the side, if necessary, to get voted the things that are necessary uh, in other areas. So uh, this is something we'll have to watch. And this is where McCarthy, if he's the Speaker of the House, he's going to be he's going to have to be able to negotiate, you know, hater or and cursor or lover and blesser. Uh, Pelosi was able to do that. To get Democrats to stick together, for the most part, on uh, what was necessary to get uh, the votes needed to pass uh, legislation. Now, over in the Senate, the chamber there is again meeting today to resume consideration of the Respect for Marriage Act. This is not a—I'm just going to tell you what. Politicians name everything what it isn't. This is not a Respect for Marriage Act. This is nothing more than a uh, same-sex safety net 
That's all it is. Not a respect for marriage at all. If there's a respect for marriage, it should be between a man and a woman. Uh, the the Hills, Brook, Midgen, and Al Weaver report on all of this. You might want to go on thehill.com and read their articles. They're saying that progressives say the bill could do more to safeguard unions and LGBTQ couples and arguing that demands for uh, for bolstered religious liberty protections took a front seat in drafting legislation meant to enshrine marriage equally in the federal law. Okay, I won't sit here and belabor the point about equality and freedom of uh, law uh, for marriage. I'm just not going to I'm not going to get in that part of it, but I want you to understand this is where the Democrats are at. Democrats have no problem in in tearing away protections for religious uh, conscience. They have no problem in doing that. They want to make sure that there are things uh, dealing with LGBTQ couples that they want in stone cannot be changed in any way, shape, or form. Nada. And the same thing with uh, the safeguard uh, uh, unions of those people. So uh, that's something you need to be aware of. And right now, right now, uh, what they're trying to do, the Democrats are trying to get all the amendments pretty much expunged uh, from uh, uh, this Respect for Marriage Act so that religious freedom is uh, going to be taken away from people. You're not going to be able to speak uh, against it. And if you don't believe that they won't take away the freedom of speech on that, check out what's been going on, folks. Be be very aware of it. All right, we got to get a break in. We'll do that. We'll come back. We'll finish this up. And again, uh, when when your enemy is saying something, then you have to take into consideration that they mean what they say and they mean what they're going to do uh, I mean I would I would let uh, Cotton and I would let uh, Bozeman both know you expect them to protect religious liberty I don't believe you're going to have that much they're going to not do that but uh, just on the offside that something weird happens let them know that you voted for them because you knew that they would that you know they would protect religious liberty, and you expect them to. Easton Towing wants you to know uh, you can know from them that no matter what situation you find yourself in on the side of the highway, they're going to take good care of you, and they're going to make sure they can get you off the right shoulder where you're probably at, and get you to the place that you need to go to get your car fixed, your truck fixed, whatever it is that you need fixed. All you have to do is call them. That's 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they've got the answers for you, such as what if your car, truck, or whatever is on private property? Um where does your car or vehicle go? What do you do with it? How do you make sure that it's East End Towing that's towing your car? And what happens to your car, your boat, your truck, your camper? 
if it's going to be towed. They've got all those answers for you. All you have to do is call them. That's 501-888-8849. One more time, 501-888-8849, East End Towing. Final few moments of the uh, Tuesday show and uh, talking about the whole thing about the lame duck session. We were just moving over to the Senate. So let's talk a little bit about what the Senate is looking at as far as uh, what's going to happen. All right. Senate's different than the House. Republicans don't have control of the Senate. In fact, it's a 50-50 split. Uh, Right now, it's 49-49 split is basically what it is. And uh, this next uh, special election uh, going on in Georgia will determine whether it stays a 50-50 split uh, or it moves to a 51-50 split. What does a 50-50 split give us? It gives us, uh, as Republicans, conservatives, more control over what uh, the Democrats can do. Know that because they have the vice president's vote, they can, uh, if it gets down to um, an an even 50-50 split, that you can, uh, of course, uh, change things. Uh, You can't do so uh, unless you have the vice president's vote. But if you have a 51-50 vice president's not, or 51-49, you don't have anything that the vice president can, is going to vote on. Uh, it's going to be, will the Democrats stay together? So let me take you back. I don't lie awake at night worrying about the bad legislation they're going to pass because I don't think they're going to pass it, speaking of Republicans. Uh, if it was Democrats, Democrat uh, buyer of Virginia will say, for the most part, the, the Democrats will stay together and they'll pass it. I mean, everybody thought that Manchin, it was great what he was doing and cinema what she was doing. But they both changed their mind on uh, Biden's, uh, you know, uh, defeat of inflation bill that uh, he was putting out that hasn't done squat for that. So just keep that in mind. You want to keep that in mind. All right. As we continue on, uh, as of uh, last week, bipartisan talks on an overdue fiscal 2023 spending package had stalled. Democrats and Republicans accusing each other of resisting an agreement. Uh, Republicans are talking about this now, especially over in the House, because in the House uh, they can't get. A, min- a majority of the votes to pass a bill. They'll have to have the Dem- the, the Republicans get behind it uh, to make sure that it passes. Uh, for instance, like the defense spending bill. Do you want to pass it right now, or do you want to wait until you got a little leverage when you're controlling the House, and you go, let's stop all this woke stuff, and then we can talk about money for... Uh, you know, the the military. Livestock farmers are pushing over the uh, lame duck session for the Senate to deliver a long-awaited immigration bill to modernize the agricultural visa system. The Senate is poised to consider at least one immigration-related bill between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and there are two House-passed bills that could get a vote as well. 
Democratic leaders have put their weight behind the bill to protect dreamers, undocumented immigrants who arrived in the country as minors, while a broad swath of the agricultural industry is pushing the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. And um, I don't know what is all in that. I'll bring that up uh, with the congressman tomorrow, and I'll get somebody on to specifically talk in depth about it as well. It is also crunch time for Democrats uh, uh, holding up a bipartisan bill to protect pregnant workers. So that uh, is other things that are going on uh, with things during this uh, time of the uh, lame duck bill. So I, I just read all of that, talked about all that, because you have to understand what what the other side is is talking about doing. And I know that people say, Dave, you shouldn't say the enemy. Well, they, I'm sorry. If you look at what we stand for uh, with our, um, you know, platform, then what you look at their platform, put them together. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say they're on the wrong side of history. They're on the wrong side of history. And they are the enemy at that point. And uh, I'm not saying that they're evil people. I'm going to tell, so tell you that they're misguided people. And we have to guide them in a way that uh, we get the truth passed and not some aberration or some kind of, yeah, that's a part of a of a thing. We, we want to do part of that. We'll put part of that nasty stuff in with our good bill. No, that, that, that's where this has got to stop. It's got to stop. We've got to stand up, and we've got to have a backbone uh, as far as that goes. However, I will say this that uh, sometimes compromise is the the bitterness that's in some of these bills and there's sometimes that you got to take a little bit of bitterness albeit you got to make sure it's a small amount as possible uh, but you've got to move forward kind of like the Woody Hayes you who know who Woody Hayes was as the head football coach of uh, Ohio State who's probably still rolling in his grave today after they lost Saturday to Michigan but uh, bottom line is you know his his idea of a forward pass where two bad things could happen all right incompletion interception so he kept it on the ground and he ran it as far as that of course, I believe that there's two bad things can happen in that. They can stuff you, or you could fumble it. So, you know, pick your poison as far as that's concerned. So uh, keep in mind that uh, we've got to fight for what is right and uh, do what is right as well. I'm out of time. I don't have any more time to talk to you today other than say, believe what the other side says. Don't say, oh, they wouldn't do that. If they're saying it, yes, they would. And if they can, uh, it will be, yes, they could. And they've done it many times before. All right. With that said, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, In the 7 o'clock hour, the congressmen are going to be on with us. We're going to talk to them uh, about... this lame duck session and get some specifics on some of the minor things that we were talking about today like the freedom caucus how much power do they have and will they throw 
you know, a wrench in the works. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the Dave Ellswick Show as well. With that said, have a good day. I'll join you again tomorrow here on 1011 FM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.